0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. My name is Christian McCartney. Um, I've been going to Thrive for three years, um, and if it's your first week, it's my first time teaching, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be going through the Psalms of Ascent, and I'm in Psalm 123, which is the fourth Psalm of Ascent. Um, so for those of you who haven't been here before, this is a little cute thing we like to do, um, what would happen is the Jews would go to Jerusalem, which is on a big hill three times a year, and uh, there's these Psalms of Ascent, and they would go up the steps to the Temple of Jerusalem. So they'd go up, and they'd have this whole thing memorized, and they'd say, in my distress I call to the Lord, and he answered me, Say my feet. And then they would go to the next one, oh gosh, and they'd say, I lift up my eyes to my hells, Where does my help come from? My some from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. They're both through the whole thing. Then they go again, okay, this is where Mike was last week. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord, you know, our feet have been standing in your gates. And then uh, mine this week are, okay. You see that there, King? Oh, okay, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> that, oh, I'm shaking. They said, ah, to you I lift up my eyes or you're enthroned in the, of the heavens. I could do the whole thing from up here. If I didn't value my life, (laughs) but I do. So this is Psalms 123. If you have your Bible, just open up there. It's a a whopping four verses. So if I mess up, you've only messed up four verses of this whole book. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid servant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, we're in a series, sermon series about coping, um, and coping is when something bad happens in your life, how do you respond? When something that happens, it doesn't even have to be something horrible, but when something happens that you're not really jiving with, how do you respond to that? And uh, so I hope this helps tonight. Um, These four verses have really been getting me this week. Um, Let's start with the first point that I have here Um, it's a recognition of our place. And I love this here. He says, To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. And our relationship with God doesn't begin with this understanding that we're all that, right? Our relationship with God doesn't start with this, you know, God's lucky to have me on his team, you know? What would he be doing? Um, our relationship with God starts with a very humble and honest assessment of who we are before him. Um, I went on vacation with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and um, they called us out to look at the moon. For those of you who don't know, I could give a rip about the moon. You know, you, you know those people who are like, hey, look at the sunset. I'm like, yeah, it does that every night, you know. <laughs> but they said, look at the moon, and I'm like, the same one, you know, boy. So I go outside, and I'm looking at the moon, you know, my hands are folded, and it's, it's, we're over the beach. It, the, Waves are so calm and the moon is so bright, you could see just as far. My friend was like, you could take a paddleboard out on the ocean. You know, it was so clear and uh, just just like I was looking and I saw the moon on the one side and I looked to the other side and there's a massive storm cell, massive, like three times a second lightning. I've never seen anything like that, Um, and I don't care about that crap. So that's why I'm saying it, because I looked at that. I was like, okay, so on this side, I have the moon. You know, and it's just calm, idyllic. It just looks like anybody could be there. And there's this giant storm cell, and I'm like, I'm happy I'm not in there. And the, the one moment that I was there, I thought, my, my God is the one who is creating this to happen, and my God's a God who's creating this to happen, you know? I'm looking out at the moon, and it's calm, and it's peaceful, and he's the guy who controls that. God's love, God's forgiving, God's kind, God cares about you. And he's the one in control of that. And then I looked at the storm cell, and it's like oh my gosh, you know, God's powerful and God's strong and God's wrathful and he's ready to take our sins into account, you know, and it's in the same picture, the scene that I'm looking at, and I think when I'm reading this psalm, it says, to you I lift up my eyes, oh you who are enthroned in the heavens, you know, he doesn't refer to God I'm like, you know, hey bud, you know, what's up, and it's not this, you know, oh gosh, I'm so scared, God's gonna smite me, but it's not this either, you know, you know, what's up pal, he realizes who God is, that doesn't make sense yet, but when we're coping, when we're in a season that's really hard for us, I think it's so important that we stop and we realize who we are in front of God. We stop expecting like these great things to happen to us that we want to happen. We understand that maybe God has a better plan in mind for something like that. Um, the second thing that this passage, I think, makes us realize is a recognition of the character of God. So the first recognition is the recognition of who we are. Okay, and then the second recognition that I see is a recognition of the character of God. He says in verse two, uh, somewhere, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. You know, they knew that God was merciful, the Jews who this story was written about. They were telling each other stories all the time. And uh, Mike kept saying uh, the f- past three weeks, he was like, you know, Jews go go to Jerusalem three times a year. Jews go go to Jerusalem three times a year. I'm like, okay. And so I looked up. They did go to Jerusalem three times a year. <laughs> he was right. No, and um, I was shocked. And so I was like, wow, what were these ones they'd go to Jerusalem for? And the first one was Passover, which is pretty common. You know, it's when the angel of death passed over the Jews who were in Egypt. He didn't kill the firstborn sons. And what that happened is God was showing them mercy by taking out them out of slavery in Egypt. God was showing them mercy by not letting their firstborn be killed by the angel of death. And so when they would walk up those steps, when they would be on this fourth step here, they would remember the mercy of God on Passover and they would remember how he was merciful to their ancestors. Okay, we're going to try these Hebrew words here. Shavuot, okay. If you guys are okay with that, I am. What's the second one? Shavuot, Shavuot. I like that better. That one was like the first fruits, right? The first fruits of your harvest. So, you know, I guess there was a lot of farmers back then. And you bring the first fruits of your harvest to the temple. And you would say, you know, God, here's my first fruits. And when they would go up the Psalm of Ascent, because they go to Jerusalem, they'd be there. And they would thank God for his mercy that he showed them. and, And his kindness of letting their crops grow. And then the third one was called Sukkot, which was basically like the Feast of Booths. Which when they were wandering around the desert, you know, God was providing for them. By having manna and quail fall off from the sky. And he was merciful in that. I thought, you know, it would be really crazy if you talk to a friend. He's like, "Yeah, I was going camping," and you're like, "Oh, you know, what would you guys eat?" He's like, "Well, God provided bread and meat for me for 40 years." You'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> idiot," <laughs> you know. But that's what the Jews had to say, right? They got out of the desert, and they're like, "What do you guys want around there for? You know, how'd you survive?" Well, God dropped food from heaven for 40 years for me. But they remembered the mercy of God because they would have been toast out there in the de- desert. But when they're on this fourth step for this third feast, and they're talking about, to, you know, I look up to you, we're looking to the Lord till he has mercy upon us. Every time they're going up to the temple, they remember, God's been merciful to me before. God's been merciful to us before, so why wouldn't he be merciful to us again? And the second thing is a recognition of the character of God. If I would sit down with each one of you, which take till like midnight, and I don't want to do that. But if I would, and I said to you, Who is God to you? Or what attributes of God do you hold on to? Like, what would you say? A lot of the times for me, I have this God who's like this Ecclesiastes God who just does crap. You know, he, time and chance happen to all, the battle's not to the strong, the race's not to the swift, you know, just whatever happens, happens. Kind of rolling the dice up there. That's kind of my temptation. Sometimes I think we look at God and we think, he's basically like karma. You know, I work at a hardware store and tools are getting sold or people steal them. And uh, nobody's a Christian until somebody steals something. They're like, they're going to pay for that. You know, and I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, they will. But a lot of people, they don't want to talk about God. They don't want to talk to me. But they, they know God exists when somebody steals something. Because they're like, you know, on, the, on judgment, they're going to answer for that. Like, okay, you know, I guess. So it's like, but a lot of people, that's how we look at God. We don't look at him as a, as a kind, loving father. We look at him as somebody who's ready to smite us. You know, maybe you see God as a version of your dad or a version of somebody who is just expecting you to perform up to here, and you're feeling like you can only get up to here. And so, you know, I don't know what it was, would be like, but, I mean, my dad was a track star. He ran a, like, four-minute mile in the state, and uh, I play piano. So <laughs> it was like, no, nah, I love my dad, and he was always supportive of that, but that's hard, you know, for a dad and for a son. And so maybe you look at God like that who's just was like, wow, you know, wow, buddy, I just wish you would have gotten up to here. Or, you know, I wish this would have been it for you. Maybe that's the way you look at God. And what this psalm is saying is that when they would go up those steps four, three times a year, they would remember the character of God. They would remember his mercy. Um, What would you remember if I sat down to you and said, what's the character of God like for you? Would you say to me that God's merciful to me? Would you pull out stories, wow, God showed me love to to me in this and this and this? Or is this something where it's like, I don't know. I won't think through it. Um, If that's you, read the Bible. You know, this is it. This is all we have. Maybe read like John. That's a great place to start of the attributes of God. Some, you know, just understand that, recognize the character of God, who he is in your life. Um, And for coping, I think that helps because it's like, it's hard to be so focused on you when you're focused on God. Does that make sense? And a lot of the time in your situation, you're thinking to yourself, my life sucks. I'm never going to get married. Nobody loves me. My family hates me. I'm never going to find a perfect job. I'm sure I'm the only one who thinks that. And uh, you're like, oh, gosh. But who? All, every one of those questions revolves around who? Me. me, right? It does. Well, I'm really important. Yeah, I understand, King. But <laughs> if I would look at focus on God, he's the one who, who's saying to me, I love you, I care about you. Um, I think I'm going to repeat this part twice, but I don't care because it's t- twice good. Um, sometimes, though, I think our problem is not that. Maybe you've been in church for a long time. Um, A lot of you I know, some of you I don't really, but a lot of you I know, and you've been at church for a long time, and you've gone to church your whole life. You know, John 3, 16 on lock, you know all that crap. And you're like, well, I do know who I am before God. You know, all men have fallen short of the glory of God. You know, I know that. You know, I can, I quote that verse at night. Um, And I do know the character of God, you know. Love is patient, love is kind, God cares about me. I do know that. I think sometimes, though, is that, God doesn't show up because we've stopped looking at him. You know, and in this passage it says, to you I lift up my eyes. He says, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, um, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress. You know, they're just watching like that, ready for God to move. And I think a lot of the times we're coping because we've stopped expecting on God to move in our situation, or we've stopped expecting God to look into our heart, or we've stopped expecting him to be true to his promises, like it says in, in his word. Um, one of the ways I cope is Downton Abbey. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. You probably shouldn't. Um, I like it, though. Um, and so I've been watching this show pretty a lot. And what will happen is it's this one family who has, like, 50 servants, okay? And they do everything. And my favorite part is when they sit down at dinner, you know, the, table, the family sits there, and there's, like, five of them. But all the servants are wrapped around the room just like this. And they're there for one reason, Right? They don't, I've never seen one yet pull up a chair and just sit there, you know, like, hey, what's up? They don't, why? Because they're servants. So they sit there at the side and they're there for one purpose. And that's when the master wicks his hand around or he needs a refill on his drink, they go right to it, you know, and they go and they pick it up because they're so attuned that as soon as their master needs something, they're there because they know what needs to be done. Maybe a better illustration is I have been unfortunately placed in a situation with a dog. We have an Australian shepherd that with the guys I live with named Jack. He's this big, annoying, pees all over the place, a year and some. Not a dog person, but I was walking him a couple days ago, and I thought, we're going to do this. So I had a treat bag in my pocket, and he always likes to pull on the leash. So I would say, Halton. he would stop, and I would give him a treat. We'd walk a little more, I'd say, stop, and then he'd stop, and give him a treat. And eventually, you know, and you guys probably know this, but I've never had a dog, so I didn't care. Like, the moment my hand started to move to my pocket, he would stop. And he'd look at me because he knew that I had a treat. In a moment, I, I mean, I, didn't, I could breathe and he would follow, you know, because he was so attuned because he knew that there were good things happening for me. He knew that I cared about him. He knew that I was taking care of him. And He knew that the moment that I had something to give to him, he was going to be there. And I feel like sometimes our eyes are not looking at God, right? Just like my dog or just like Downton Abbey or whatever you care about. It's like we're not focused on God anymore because we've stopped expecting. We're trying to cope in our situation, but you're coping without God because you believe he doesn't have your best interest in mind anymore. In uh, this, they are looking at God. You've been merciful before to us, you'll be merciful again. I think that's really important. Recognize that at the beginning, middle, and end, you have a God who loves you and cares about you. Um, we have, I have two applications, maybe. Nice. The first one, that's it. They're the exact same points, but just application form. I thought, wow, cut the work in half. No, I didn't think that. But I thought that's really helpful. Okay, the first application is recognize your place. It's not asking for self-defeatism or um, feeling bad. You know, I don't want you to sit there and be like, oh, gosh. I'm as, you know, wrath angry sinners in the hands of an angry God or whatever that is. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't mean self-defeatism, but I mean like recognize who God is for you. Um, you can state who you are, like, I am a child of God. That's in the Bible, actually. You are God's kid, right? Now, if you had a good dad, your dad cares for you, right? And you're a child of God. So maybe something to recognize your place is to think, I am a child of God. Maybe, you know, you've read the Bible forever. But maybe you need to stop reading the Bible and just write, I'm a child of God on a note card and keep that on your pocket, right? Because maybe all of a sudden you're doing this intellectual game or you're trying to understand what the Bible says and it's completely lost application for you. And so you notice that, you know, you're being a good Christian, maybe. But what's happening over here is not reflective of that because you don't even believe it anymore. We just stop looking to God. Um, maybe you need to realize that you're a fellow heir with, heir with Christ. You know, Christ died and he wants to bring you into his presence, you know. Um, maybe you're more than a conqueror through him who loved him. Um, it's easy to fall into a trap, you know, that nobody cares for me. I'm by myself. Nobody, you know, gosh, I'm by myself here. Um, and I'm so, what I used to do is I would put Bible verses around the house where I was most, where, wherever I was. So I had one on my bedside stand. I had one in on my bathroom mirror. I had one before I would leave the house. I had one on my piano. Okay, well, nobody's going to make fun of me for that. Good. Okay, I had one on my piano. And so it's like wherever I was at most of the time, I would have it there and I would force myself to read it. Not just read it, but understand what it was saying. You know, and I can memorize the verses, I don't care about that, but I wanted to go there and I wanted to say, okay, I'm a child of God. You know, God loves me, God cares about me. And, uh, so one of the first applications is recognize your place in front of God. You know, you're not some street orphan, you're a child of God, you're somebody that God loves and cares about. Um, the second application is recognize God's character. The servants in this psalm were always looking up at God, <laughs> wanting to see where he would move because they knew that he was going to move for their benefit and if i asked you tonight i said does god have your best interest in mind would you say yes like honestly i don't want a church answer if i said god cares about you god has your best interest in mind would you say oh yeah 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 yeah"? no 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 what would you say it's one, something that i've always did <clears throat> i went to argentina for two months two years ago and um i remember texting mike and saying i was actually teaching on first corinthians 13. I said, well, it says in 1 John that God is love, and 1 Corinthians says that, like, love is this. Does that mean God is these things? I still kept the email. He's like, bro, you know, I miss you so much. I remember, do you remember that, sending that? Okay, well. No, I don't remember either, you know. Uh, So... But uh, I, I still kept, I mean, I didn't keep that. I, no, it's not in my inbox, saved and favorited. But uh, if it were, I would remember that that email said, yeah, bro, you know, that's exactly what that means, you know, that God is that. And so maybe you just need to go home and you need to sit with 1 Corinthians 13 and you need to think, okay, God is patient towards me, right? Love is patient, God is love, so God is patient towards me. I've messed up a billion times in the same thing or I keep making stupid decisions. That's what I'm always thinking about. Is like, I'm so dang stupid. I don't know how it is, how it happened, but I'm so stupid. And God is so patient, right? What's stronger, my stupidity or God's patience? Come on, send it. <laughs> <laughs> True, God's patience. And so as stupid as I might be, whoever said that, you know, even this high, God's up here with his patience. Mike used to say, God's, it's like jet fuel. You know, it doesn't matter how much you're going through. With his patience, you know, God's grace is like jet fuel, you know. It's like, it doesn't matter how much you're running through. You're never going to run to the end of it. And so maybe you need to think and say, wow, love is patient. Well, God's patient towards me. You know, maybe you need, God's kind towards me. I'm mean to people. I don't understand why I do the things I do. And yet, God's kind to me. God looks at you and is proud of you. God looks at you and is kind towards you. And so often, we don't, feel like that anymore you may have been born at church you don't even know what god is whatever but you think to yourself yeah god's not actually kind towards me he's just has his hands folded waiting for me to do something right so he can be proud no god's proud of you god's you know god's kind towards you um he's not arrogant you know it's not like you sin or you pray and he's like oh this again i know you want a wife i know you want a husband shut up no you know he's not arrogant he wants to hear what you're struggling with Maybe to recognize the character of God, you need to start and pretend like you've never read it before, or you need to open some spot in the Bible you've never heard, and just read through it and be like, what does God mean for this for me today? What do I need to recognize about the character of God? Because in this psalm, they said, I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. They knew what God was offering, they were expecting it from the Lord, and they looked right at it for him. Um, before we end tonight, I want to say the same thing that I said before, but I think it's good. Um, the servants in this were constantly looking at God. They were constantly, had their eyes fixed on God. Um, my dad was in track, I told you that, and he ran like the first four-minute mile or something in Ohio, I think, was how it went. You couldn't tell today that he was a track star, but he was. And, um, so, and this is going to be wrong, but I think they start out in track like this somehow, or, you know. However they start in track, you know. And he would tell is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Okay, and so it's not like this, you know, ready for that. And somebody over, I'll do the pistol one, because I think I'll be better at that. And somebody would be over here with a pistol, right? And they would shoot the pistol, and my dad said two things would happen. The pistol would make a sound, and you would see smoke from it. And he says, you can see before you can hear, right? Light moves, like, crazy fast. I don't know how fast, but it moves crazy fast. And sounds like 700 miles an hour. So he said, by the time you saw the gun fire, you could see it fire before you heard the sound and you could start running and then run into the sound as it was coming. Why? Because they were so attuned to that gun going off. They were so attuned to that pistol going off that they were looking at it and they were just waiting until he said go. And that, when I read this, this psalm here, behold, as the eyes of the servant look to the master, as the eyes of the maid servant to the mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy on us. And I think of this, and I think the word used that I just, in my mind is expectancy. They're expecting the Lord to do something. They're looking at them, and they're just, I'm not going to do it again, but they're, they're ready to run. You know, and they're just looking at to when that, you know, whatever happens for God to show mercy to them. Um, and this passage conveys that sense of urgency. Um, and I think, and I'm going to say it again, a lot of us are in this spot because the, gu- the gun is fired and we're sitting on the track and we've forgotten it's a race, right? God said, let's go, you know, this is time to go. And we're still there playing in the dirt because, oh, actually, I think those tracks are paved. Well, you're playing around because you don't know that, you know, this is a race. Um, and just to encourage us, I want to f- end with Hebrews 12 1 and 2 here. Um, You know, if you're in track, you know, and you're seeing that, and Jesus is ready to be kind and be merciful and show this stuff to you, you know, and we're looking to Jesus who started our faith, it says, the founder of our faith and the perfecter of our faith. So he started it for you, You're building whatever, and then he's going to finish it for you. And so you start and you look at Jesus because he's going to finish it out for you. And I think for us today, um, so many of us, including myself sometimes, you don't, we're not looking at Jesus. You might know the words, you might sing the songs, you, you know, sometimes, I, I don't know if this is me or not, but sometimes the words will go out on the screen, you know, and you'll know the words, We're like, yeah, I've been here for a long time. Okay, that's just me. <laughs> I was like, maybe they'll laugh, no, it's just me. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> but it's like, you get caught up in the motion sometimes, and sometimes what it takes is a fresh look, just like they do, is looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who started and ended our faith because of what he did we're gonna be able to do that so do i pray okay i'm gonna pray uh (laughs) just off a whim and um i appreciate you guys tonight um so dear lord we're so thankful for you we're thankful for your presence to us god we're thankful for um your son god we don't deserve the grace that you show us we don't deserve the love that you show us god I just pray for everybody here tonight that they would just recognize that the love that you have towards them, they can't exhaust it. They can't finish it. They can't come to the end. I just pray that we would recognize, God, that um, you are good and your intentions and your purposes towards us are good. Um, And I just pray that if anyone in here is struggling, they'd find a friend or somebody to talk to or Mike or me or whoever. They would just say, you know, look, I'm struggling. What can I do, God? Because today's the day. Today's the day that we start again. I just pray that you'd be with uh, everybody in this room, God, and we're thankful for them and for you. In your son's name, Amen.